Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Keeping It Center podcast. I'm your host, Jaquetta Gilbert. This is a space for women who want help keeping God at the center of their marriage, their role as a mom, and while using their gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. This is for real women with real issues serving a real God who holds us in the palm of his hand. So if you're ready to take off the facade, woman up to your imperfections, and invite our Father in every part of your beautiful mess, girlfriend, you're in the right place. This week on the Keeping It Centered podcast, we have an amazing guest, probably our guest that's the furthest away from anyone this season. So I'm totally, totally um, excited to get started. Her name is Danielle, but I know a lot of us call her Danny. Danny, good morning on my side. Good night on your side. How are things with you? <laughs> Very well, thank you, and good morning to you. (laughs) (sighs) All right, so for our guest this week, um, I know Danny through our church, um, and she was there for a a spell before I really got to know her a lot, Um, but I've been able to keep up with her story on Facebook, thank God for technology, Um, and she (laughs) just seemed like a fascinating woman to... um, bring on today because she is a missionary and um i i to be honest danny before coming to our church i never um had actually met someone in the field um you know it was just a thing of you know let's collect money for the mission offering um but i'd never met someone that was an actual missionary um even more a mom you know, with kids and a husband and just all kinds of things going on. So um, I just thought you'd be a really great guest to have on for this week. (laughs) I'm very excited. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) You're very welcome. All right. So before we jump into some questions, I just kind of want to get to know who was Danny before um, being a missionary, before getting married, what were your goals and, and what did you see your future looking like when you were a teenager? <laughs> um, it's definitely different than what I pictured. Um, I, when I was a teenager, um, I did know early on the direction that I wanted to go. Um, I was leading in my my church youth group um, and it was growing and it was exciting to me. And so uh, as part of a camp in the Poconos uh, called Interdenominational Young People's Conference, um, I was, I, I came to know early on that I wanted to go in the direction of youth ministry. And so that's what I ended up going to college for and, um, and then spent seven years working in a church post-college in youth ministry and um, working with teens and just seeing people's lives affected um, to, to know the Lord has been the thing that has excited me the most. Um, but I was really uh, adventurous, I'd say, as a young person. And um, I didn't meet my husband until 26. We got married when I was 27. 
So I had um, years of being a little more adventurous than I consider myself now. (laughs) But um, I guess the adventure has just changed. I kind of thought, well, I I wanted to be married. I didn't think a whole lot about kids. Um, And I, I always was fascinated by missions and the opportunity to serve God. Wow, that's uh that's pretty cool. I I had no idea that this was something you had been thinking about for a while that you kind of been exposed to, interested in. Um I had no idea. How did you um get prepared? Like was your church really into missions? Is that how you got interested in it? How that happened? Um I guess God wrote it into my story in small ways. It, it was not a big focus um, mm-hmm. in the church that I grew up in, but I do remember on the bulletin board in church that there was um, a postcard or two with families with a whole bunch of kids <laughs> on the board. And for some reason, I was always drawn to look at the map and the churches that have the postcards and read the names of the families and pray for them and what they're doing and not even exactly knowing what that meant. But um, I, I just saw a couple of those. It always was an interest of mine. Um, my mom found a note that I left her when I was in eighth grade um, saying that I was going down the street to my friend's house. And by the way, when I grow up, I want to be a missionary. Aww. I don't remember that at all. But she found it as I was preparing to go, and it just sort of took my breath away that at some point in middle school, I had considered it because I don't remember that. Um, And then (laughs) I think um, when we went to Sand Hills Church, there were um, other missionaries that I heard of. And just over time, I really loved hearing their stories, um, just getting to know ways that God was changing hearts in other places, that it didn't look exactly the same as where I grew up. And I always found that to be fascinating. And then I think the thing that pushed me in that direction the most was in college, my junior year, I studied abroad in Indonesia on the island of Papua. And um, that was such a giantly different cultural experience. Um, but it was also one that just stretched and grew me um, to just seek the Lord more and um, got to meet missionaries and just have an idea of what life might be like in other places. Um, and so I think that that experience was the one that really solidified in my heart, the love and desire for missions. Wow. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like you were really on board with being a missionary for quite a while. How did your husband get on board with this or was he always fascinated by the missionary life as well? Um, no, I don't think he would say he was always fascinated with the missionary life, but, um, when I met him, he was also a youth director at a church. Um, we both had our youth groups at the camp, and um, we both had a heart for ministry. Um, and then over time, um, we left 
working as a youth worker in a church and started being house parents to international students in South Carolina. And so we were dorm parents for three years. So it was um, like doing missions in the States. Um, We had mostly Chinese and Vietnamese uh, boys living with us, 14 high school boys living in our home for the school year. And uh, that, you know, that was, I'd say our first missions uh, international missions um, while we were still in the States. And that was a very stretching and growing time. And we learned a whole lot in those years. I'd say uh, that definitely spurred my husband on to have a heart for others. He attended Columbia International University um, getting his master's. And, and then he switched to his master's program while he was there from an MDiv to teaching English as a foreign language um, because he just, he fell in love with the students and saw that was a need that they had. So he just kind of jumps into what's in front of him and applies himself. And so um, it just sort of set that direction. Like, what can I do that is accessible and helpful to other people to have a place in their lives so that we can get to meaningful conversations and things like that. Wow. That, that's uh, pretty awesome. And I used to be a language teacher, so I, I definitely agree that, um, you know, be being able to teach English to, to non-native speakers is definitely um, a needed thing. Um, yeah. s- somewhere along the line, you guys had kids. So tell us <laughs> a little about your kids, how many you have, how old they are, and how you were able to prepare them for this life of ministry. Yeah, we have five children, um, which... Uh, is is another God thing. Um, that's just one of those things that uh, I didn't expect. But um, Becca is our oldest, and uh, she's 11. And then our son Mike is nine. Uh, Isaiah is six. Sayla is four, and Malia is three. And um, we lived. Many of them, well, one was born in New Jersey, one in North Carolina, and then the last three in South Carolina. And um, we've lived in a few different places and had a few different roles. And this, just the transitions from life there were good um, training ground in a way because we had to make adjustments in the small steps, um, living with students and feeling like you're in a fishbowl that you know, your everyday normal life is visible to other people being, I guess it can be that way for everyone, but we were just so aware that, you know, if we get in a fight, <laughs> it's pretty public, like, because <laughs> there's all these people around, or, you know, you know, if my kid misbehaves, and I'm more concerned about um, how I sound than disciplining in a good way, or I don't know, like just being in a fishbowl, um, that was a good training ground because that's kind of how our life is again now. Um, and um, I think a lot of talking and praying. We we talked to our kids and, you know, there's a lot of why questions. And um, they, they needed to know why we would move so far away and change things so drastically. And um, so we just were honest with them. We, we sensed this is a great purpose um we don't take it lightly we know there's a cost and um we can talk about the things that are 
good and exciting. We can talk about the things that are hard. And um, and it comes in waves, the good and the hard and the good and the hard, and we have to keep talking about it. And um, so, yeah, I think, and as they get a little bit bigger, their struggles can be a little bit harder. And, um, yeah, so I think just openly talking about it and then praying about the hard stuff together is, is what we've done. That's awesome. Being able to communicate it in a way that they understand and letting them know, like, you know, yeah, you know, we're your mom and dad, but, you know, we're also God's servants and, and our purpose is to make his name great. And we can do that by evangelizing, by spreading his word to, to those around the globe. I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm, yeah. So you mentioned that sometimes it can be a bit stressful in terms of, you know, being visible all the time and in that spotlight. How have you and your husband been able to address those stresses um, in your marriage? And, and as a parent, how are you able to to uh, acknowledge those, but to deal with them in a, in a healthy manner? Well, in our current situation, um, we live in this very long building that starts as a library. The middle section is the girls' dorm, and then the end section is our apartment. So just through our kitchen door is the hallway to the girls' dorm. So uh, everything, you know, above a whisper (laughs) is heard echoed through the hall down there. You know, so in in some ways, like when there's sensitive topics, you know, we have to be mindful about our volume. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's just regular life. And there's times where we're, um, you know, have frustrations or things that we're talking about. And there have been times that we have gone to the students and we're like, you know what? We were were yelling yesterday at so-and-so because they did this thing. and, And I shouldn't have been yelling like that. And I'm sorry. And, you know, most of the time we're, you know, we're just like, we're just given plenty of opportunities of how we're not perfect. <laughs> so, so like, hey, guys, you know, we are all on a path of learning to walk more like Jesus and mm-hmm. um, forgive us. And it's kind of, it's not, you know, sometimes we hope there's good example set. Sometimes if there's bad examples. We hope that apologizing and confessing are also good examples. And <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, certainly there's no energy for pretending because that's just too much. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I love that because that's something um, that my husband and I actually try to do with our kids is being honest and being open about, you know, we're not perfect people. Um, we're all striving to do better every day. Um, but I think that says a lot in and of itself, um, just having that level of authenticity with your children and, and those that you serve there. Um, I think sometimes, I know for me, I can you know, feel like, oh my gosh, I totally screwed that up. But I think there's a, a lot to learn in those moments when we've messed up. And I think sometimes it can even help a bit more than if we're always walking like as a perfect person, not saying that we shouldn't strive, but you know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes those mess ups kind of let other people know, okay, we are all human. We do make mistakes, but Christ still loves us anyway. 
you know, we can repent, yeah. we can learn from this and, and we can try to do better the next time. Um, so I, I love that exactly. you're being authentic in that approach. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, because um, if you ever, if you're ever just thinking you have it all together, it's way too tempting to just fall into that pride. And that's just, that's just silly. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. We just don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. It's funny, though, I know that's something I struggled with a lot um, is thinking that everyone around me just had all their ducks in a row. Oh, my gosh, you know, their families always dress so perfectly and their children are so well behaved. And what am I doing wrong? And it wasn't until I started talking to some other women that I realized, hey, so I'm not the only one struggling. Um, <laughs> so I started to feel a bit better. Yeah. Yes, it's good. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I one of the reasons why I like doing these uh, episodes is because I know I can't be the only woman that's ever felt like that. And I think that just our honesty in these conversations is going to help other women realize that they too are not alone. Um, And that if they're struggling, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You're not the only one that's struggling. You'll never be the only one that's struggling. Um, But we can, we can (laughs) pray through this. We can work through this with God's grace um, and and do better every day. (laughs) Yeah. That's so good. That's a, it's a beautiful gift to be able to share mm-hmm. like that. It is life-giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit then what your typical week would look like. I know um, at least at the time of this recording, your kids are just getting back into the swing of school. Um, what would a typical week look like in your home? Um. Our calendar year goes off of a school calendar because we work at a university, so semesters. Um, you know, we also just finished up our summer uh, and we homeschool. And um, so I have two that are fourth graders and a first grader and then two preschoolers. Um, and, and so that means that my life looks like any other mom who's at home trying to just finish one thing before the next thing falls apart. Um, <laughs> so I, I am home most days um, doing lessons and cooking and cleaning, and um, we are part of a co-op on two different days. Um, and then, you know, as far as our interaction with students on campus, because we, we live on campus, um, which is a real gift that allows me to get to know the students. Um, since I do have so much time that I have to spend with young children to um, do the regular life with my kids, um, it's nice that I'm on campus that all I have to do is either walk down the hall um, or outside and I can interact with students. So that can be, you know, moments here and there. And so one night a week, the girls um, have a Bible study in the dorm and I'll go to that and I will take turns with a couple others and we um, lead Bible study with the college students. Um, And then just in general, I don't work for the school like my husband does. I'm mostly just trying to be an encouragement and a presence and um, attend chapel 
uh, on campus here um, each week when I can. And so um, I don't have I don't have a whole lot of out there things. It's it's really like a lot of people's everyday life. I like that though because. I know, at least for me, I can only speak for myself. You know, when I think of missionaries, um, just because of my limited knowledge, um, you know, I would think, oh my gosh, you know, they're out there with people every day, and you know, they're maybe serving meals or they're they're speaking every night, or you know, just for us that don't really know what it's like to be a missionary, I'm glad that you put it that way. Um, and I also think sometimes we think we have to do something so big, like all the time for it to really matter. But mm. what I'm learning is that it's those regular everyday things where we can be impactful for Christ. Um, it's, it's those yeah. everyday things. They're just cooking dinner for our family or, you know, having a guest yeah. come over um, who, who just needs a listening ear. Just those everyday things really, really matter. Yeah, it does. I think um, that's one of the things that I have enjoyed about the process that God brought us through, right? By being in the States and having a mindset of being missionaries there, um, like, I felt like it was training my mind to think, okay, like you can be a missionary anywhere. You can be a missionary in your neighborhood, in your home, in your, you know, just wherever you are. Um, and it, it, and I think the difference of just thinking of yourself that way versus not thinking of yourself that way is just the intention of knowing who you are in Christ and desiring to see other people have that freedom. And so when you're going to the grocery store, um, the interactions you have at checkout. And when you are going out your front lawn and you talk to your neighbor and, you know, have somebody sick, I'm going to cut the grass for them. I'm going to step up. And it's, it's an opportunity to build relationships with people and seeing it as a choice. Like, I, I would like my time here to count. So what kind of conversations, Lord, can you send my way that we can connect and that we can share a truth or be an encouragement? And, um, and he brings those at different times. Um, they, he brings them to encourage us. He brings other people so that we can encourage them. And, and I think that's those little seemingly little things can make a big difference. Um, so, yeah. So if somebody knocks on the door and that happens a lot, Somebody will come to the door for any number of reasons. And, you know, you could just stand at the door and, you know, what do you need? Okay, we'll take care of it. Or <laughs> open your home, hospitality. Hey, come in. Can I get you a cup of coffee? And um, what's going on? And remember, you know, what's going on with your your mom? You know, how is she doing? And those kinds of things. Like, it's it just taking the time to be present in someone's life uh, goes a long way, especially in an age where we give quick sound bites, quick pictures on social media, quick, you know, this is it, you know, but when you sit and slow down and you're intentional to be present in someone's life, it, it's noticeable that you care and that can really open a door for God to encourage them and to speak to them. 
you mentioned being intentional and slowing down and I'm curious to know do you feel as if it was easier or more difficult to do that in the states um, to slow down and to use those uh, quote-unquote small opportunities to be impactful for Christ did you feel like it was easier to do that here or it's easier to do it where you are Mm, that's tough. I think it's hard anywhere. I think maybe slightly easier here just because I, I more regularly remind myself here. I more regularly say, yeah, yes, the laundry will never end and the dishes will <laughs> never end. And I am here for a reason. Um, but I could say the same exact thing anywhere. Um, and I could be as busy as can be. 24 hours a day and never finish the list of things to do, but um, it's hard anywhere. We need to make a choice to do that, and I have to remind myself of that pretty often, you know, because I'm a list person. I like to see what there is to do, cross it off, and feel accomplished, and um, being a mom of little kids, I, I don't ever, ever get to the end of the list, <laughs> but I like when it gets shorter. <laughs> so, so I think it's kind of cool when, you know, if God reminds me, <laughs> just, you know, be present for a minute and this is not an interruption. Um, this is why you're here kind of thing, you know, it's, and that could be true. It's just the way we talk to somebody in our daily interactions. At Keeping It Centered, we love sharing stories of real women who've overcome tough challenges all by God's grace. Do you know someone with a story who could help Christian wives, moms, and difference makers grow in their faith walk? If so, send your suggestion to keepingitcentered at gmail.com. Now back to our show. I am a list gal too. I live by my list. I live by my calendar. It's what keeps me sane a lot of days. Um, yeah. So I completely <laughs> empathize with you. <laughs> You're beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ever able to, um, get all of my things done either. I still have tons of laundry looking at me on my chair right now. Um, <laughs> but you know, um, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I think that pretty much what I'm hearing you say is we've got that choice to have a Martha moment or to have a Mary moment. Um, are yeah. we going to complain about all the things that are not completed on our list and, you know, <laughs> or are we going to be like Mary and just be present to live Jesus <laughs> in, in every moment, in every way that yeah. we can? Um, I, I, yeah. I'm glad you I, I never honestly thought that um, it would be as difficult, you know, um, being outside of the states. And I'm glad you said that because it, it kind of makes me feel better. Like, okay, so this really isn't just a, a situational thing. Um, it really is uh -oh. a matter of choice. Do I want to take the moment to be present? Do I want to get rid of what I want to do, the way I want to do it, how I want to do it, um, and just really surrender and, and be at Jesus's feet? Yeah, 
it's true. And wherever you go, you bring your habits with you and the patterns that you're used to. And um, so change doesn't happen by accident. <laughs> it's like, it's really the Holy Spirit. I'm glad he gives us the, the power to have change in our lives. I, I don't think anything would change for me otherwise. <laughs> I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but by his grace, we do grow little by little. So <laughs> that is good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I know, um, you know, at Sand Hills, we do things like the car wash um, every year. Um, and that's like an opportunity for even our, our youngest kiddos to kind of get a hands-on approach at serving others. Is there anything mm-hmm. that you all do um, to, to make serving Jesus a, a practical thing, even for your, your youngest ones? Sure. Um, uh, we've been sponsoring a kid through Compassion International for many years. Um, I have been since I was in college. Um, and so there's that opportunity for kids to write letters, um, to another kid around the world and to be praying for them. Um, we, we get other missionaries' newsletters. We um, hear what's going on, and we, we often will pray about those needs together. Um, there are ways to plug in with your local church and to, um, you know, just get them involved in creative ways. So, like, last year... Uh, our church and a lot of other churches do a prison, like a angel tree, where you take um, a gift and you are going to get it for someone who's less fortunate. Or in our case, our church gave it to family members of um, someone incarcerated. And uh, we had the opportunity to go and um, gather the gift and then deliver it to their home. And um, it was it was amazing for the adults and the kids involved just to be humbled by we're thinking oh we're just you know bringing this but then to see that those were the only gifts they had and their home was just empty and it's just to give them an opportunity to see something totally unexpected and different because you do something a little uncomfortable and you get you know close up with someone you don't really even know and it's okay to to do those things and to push yourself out of your comfort zone and allow your kids to do that with you and then to talk through it like wow, were you scared? Were you excited? You know, what did you notice? And, and uh, it's amazing what they notice and what they, what they learn from it. So yeah, there's so many different ways to get them involved right where you live and, and far off by writing. And yeah, it's exciting. I love that. Love that. I, again, I, I love our church because these are just things I never really considered before coming here um, is finding mm. those ways for even our youngest kids to serve Christ. Um, uh, it's always been a thing of, you know, well, when you get older, you can this or you can do that. Um, mm. But I think Sand Hills has really done a great job of teaching me at least how we can get our, our kids involved in serving um, God. Um, and and I, I love that. And I think our kids love it too. And I think they're better for it. Yeah. Yes. So you've shared a lot of different uh, challenges and and great things about being um, a missionary overseas. 
Now, I know there may be some people who are on the fence, kind of like, I don't know if I really can do it. You know, I would be leaving the things that I'm most familiar with, the things I'm most comfortable with um, into a culture and in place that I just don't know much about. Um, what can you say to them to calm their fears about being in, in a different uh, cultural environment? Sure. Well, um, it has to start with prayer. Um, I'd say I have a very close friend who's also gone to Sand Hills, and, and, you know, that was her story, but, oh, no, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> God, you would never ask me to do that kind of thing, and I just love her story so very much. Um, and... <laughs> But God, he, he does things sometimes. Sometimes he does things within our giftings where we're comfortable. Sometimes he does the thing that we just swore we wouldn't do. Um, he doesn't play tricks on us. God's not like that. He's not mean. But <laughs> but sometimes he, he does things that are easy. Sometimes he does things that are hard, typically hard, um, because he stretches us and grows us. <laughs> and it, it's, it's good. We, we rely on him. So I say prayer first because... Um, we don't go somewhere um, just because we think, oh, well, I'm fortunate and I have time and money and I'm going to, you know, while I could do this, I'm going to just go help others for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's not the approach. The approach is to know the cost. There is a cost um, to going, which I could share more about. But first I would say pray and ask God, um, who would you have me to speak to? And and I think it doesn't, I don't think we should automatically think, oh, it's somebody on the furthest country that I could think of. But to think, how is God doing this in my life where I live right now? Um, am I willing to speak to, a, you know, a stranger now? Or am I willing to befriend a neighbor that I haven't really gotten to know? Am I willing to do things um, the long, slow way of getting involved in someone's life? Or... Whatever it is in prayer that he's, he's leading you through, because he, he doesn't just say, do the hardest thing, go. It's not like somebody is going to climb Everest and they've not trained for years. You know, like there's steps that lead up to it. It doesn't just, you don't have to just jump in. All, but I think the most important thing is baby steps with obedience and submission. Um, if you're saying little yeses now, then you have opportunity to keep saying yes and to submit and to follow his lead. And, um, and so that might mean over time that there's bigger yeses. Um, but it's not like, okay, I'm not doing anything now. I'm not talking to anyone or involved. Um, I, I need to go do something big. That's not the heart of it. Um, so just, I, I would say pray and, um, if, if he's leading you or you and your spouse to um, go and learn, there's so many opportunities to learn about how other people are doing, um, what opportunities there are, because missions has a whole lot of faces like education and health and language. And um, it's not just one role. It's not, there's churches, there's, um, you know, medical care. There's so many different routes to meeting people and sharing the hope of Christ we have. So, um, yeah, maybe see which way is he leading me. Um, You might have been connected with someone's story, and it really strikes 
um, your interest and and so you learn more about them and you how to find out their story how did they get to where they are and um, it's amazing how God will do that he'll put these puzzle pieces together and little step by little step you end up in a certain direction that you never would have imagined I like that um, that analogy of taking those smaller steps instead of trying to just go full-fledged and jump into something. Um, yeah. You know, I think we can see a lot of examples of this even in the Bible of, you know, God preparing Moses even to lead his people. You know, there were different things he had to go through that prepared him for being a leader. Um, just so many examples yeah. we can see. So I, I like that you emphasize that, you know, right where we are, we can take those small steps um, and eventually we'll, we'll find where God wants us to be. I like that. Yeah. You were also talking about um, some of the, the things surrounding becoming a missionary and, and what that can look like. And I know you definitely have tons to say about it because I remember when we came to Sand Hills, um, you guys were pregnant with your last little one, I believe. Um, and, mm. and there were just different things that happened with that and, and being able to, you know, I didn't even think about, you know, how it would affect housing and transportation and things like that. So could you share with us a little bit about the process, um, what it's like to become a missionary? What would that look like typically? Sure. Well, um, typically, um, we you look for somebody so we looked for an agency to go with um in our case we had a clue where we were going to go before we had a mission agency um we were recruited um heard about the school and its needs and were willing to take that step and so but we knew we were not experienced we needed accountability for um how to do things, um, accountability for how to manage finances, because um, it just looks different than um, regular jobs. And so we wanted to find uh, a mission agency. So we did. We found one that was actually connected with the school, and we got to know them. We got to see if um, it was a good fit. And because there are many different mission agencies, some might fit your family and your goals better than others. So to, to look at the different ones and, and to find the right fit matters. Um, in our case, we are with Liebenzell USA, and it's, um, it's part of the bigger Liebenzell Global Missions um, that came out of Germany. And um, our USA branch is it's pretty small. Um, and so what we really like about that is that we know we know the people we know the people at the office we know a lot of the other missionaries we've met them in person some of them and some we've written to and um in, some are a lot bigger but you know for us uh we feel like they're a, a family a good support system um we know so we went through uh with them we, we each got trained on um raising support. Um, we read a book that I really like um, that I would recommend to people who are interested in just understanding God's great commission and the mission. Um, 
It's called The God Ask by Steve Shadrach. And um, the reason there's lots of different books on missions that are fascinating to read, and even a lot on raising support. Um, but I like this one in particular uh, because it's so saturated with scripture um, and examples of God's heart for providing for His mission through His church. And it's a team process. There's some that go, some that uh, support some that pray, some that um, finance things. Like there's, there's, it's just uh, such a good study on um, biblical examples, and um, I think it's good for those who go and those who stay behind as part of missions to have an understanding. And so I would recommend that. Um, we also had to ask questions for our kids' sake, like, you know, what will schooling for them look like for them? Uh, what are our options and what's the best choice we can make where we're going. And um, I found, I was given a book called third culture kids growing up among worlds by Pollock. And um, it has some really helpful things in there for understanding. Like when our kids are growing up and they have a home culture, then they have a culture where they're living and, um, you know, they have they learn to navigate things differently than someone who grows up and stays in one place. And so that was a useful resource to just um, understand what maybe some of their unique needs might be. And so um, also talking to your family is a normal part of um, the process. We, we talked with our families and both sides of our family had different um, – seasons of how they felt about it and how they, how much they supported. And, um, and that was kind of hard to walk through um, because you know that when you're going, it's not just affecting you, it's affecting everybody in your community. You know, what are you walking away from? You know, what are the terms? How long term is it? Um, Things like that. So you're counting, you have to ask all those questions. Is this indefinite? Is this for a, certain time period how does that affect those who are back home and uh um and then when it comes to having a support system and I don't just mean finances I mean like the people who remember you when you're already out of their everyday life or the people who remember to pray for you um that has been crucial and I I had heard plenty of times before I came that it was important, but but I got to see firsthand how important it was to know and to have people praying. Um, and so I'm glad that we took time to really uh, meet with people and explain to the best that we could um, what what we anticipated uh, doing, uh, what our goal was, and and what we thought maybe our concerns were and ask them, please partner with us at praying, please. And, and it's not just like a, you know, sometimes you'll see missionary newsletters and a lot of times it says, you know, thank you for praying. Thank you for your financial support. And those things are really helpful and they make all the difference. But and it, when you hear it so much, it doesn't sound like much, but what I want to emphasize is the prayer has been crucial. Um, there are things that come, we come up against that just, feel big, feel so overwhelming. And, um, and, and we really need God to move on our behalf. And um, it, 
and it has been something that I've seen. Like I, we've, we've been able to say to our support system, Hey, we're struggling in this area. This is going on. This is, you know, pray with us. And, um, to see God work has been pretty amazing. So that's, those are parts of the process of being a missionary. Like you said, we were uh, pregnant with our fifth child. Um, we thought that we were done at four. Um, <laughs> and then we had a timeline that when we thought we were going to go to Guam. Um, and in that particular instance, we were living in a really nice place. And we had to have an estate sale and get rid of a whole bunch of things. That I liked. My husband's not one to hold on to stuff very much, but that was more of a struggle for me. You know, wedding dishes that I liked and picked out, and <laughs> there was really no sense in mailing them across the world when there were <laughs> dishes where I was going. And, um, you know, little things like that that sound trite, it was a struggle for me. Um, and so we planned our estate sale and we moved into a temporary two bedroom old house. Wow. nearby and uh, <laughs> just to save money and to downsize and get ready to go. And then that weekend found out I was pregnant oh. <laughs> and, and to go, Oh my goodness, I did not expect that. And then to start thinking, okay, well I have to research having a baby there. So research that and then have an ultrasound and found out that my child had a very serious lung condition that required us to stay until she was born and then wait for surgery. Um, and at that time, we had the very first ultrasound. We didn't even know if she would live. Um, we didn't know if she had healthy lung, any healthy lung. So um, God walked us through crazy things. And all in all, we were delayed a year and a half. Um, and that was not off God's radar, but it was completely off, <laughs> off of our radar. <laughs> and we were just stunned that he would ask us to do this hard thing and then make it harder. (laughs) Plain shocking. Um, But (laughs) there were amazing things that happened in that time period. And and God did um, allow Malia to be born healthy. She screamed and cried when she was born, which was amazing because we were waiting to see if she could cry, if she could breathe. And then she was able to grow for six months, then have surgery. And then two months later, we were given the off clear to get our plane tickets and fly. Um, and then in that time, God had arranged our housing to open up so that we can live on campus. There are very limited places to live here. And um, the timing worked out that the apartment we're in opened up. And so that means that I get to be involved in campus life instead of, you know, Alex working during the day and we only come by every once in a while. My kids are very much active. They'll run outside all after school and um, be present in the student's life. And it's just, it's awesome. God worked out so many different things on his own timetable without consulting us. <laughs> <laughs> and that was good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, what I'm gathering is, essentially, if, if anyone's thinking of becoming a missionary, to just go in knowing that this is a hard thing that God's asking me to do and that it's not necessarily going to be an easy process. 
But just because right. it's not, you know, without trials doesn't mean that God's hand is not in it. It's, it's not a sign that, oh, I shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. Um, um, just right. just a, a growing moment, a moment for us to build our faith um, and our trust yeah. in God. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Yes, I, I think he, he uses those stretching moments <laughs> way more than the comfortable, easy moments. <laughs> Even though we long for comfort, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he definitely uses the other stuff more. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let us know, what is the best way that we can support you? Um, I know you said that praying for you all is, is definitely what's needed. Um, you know, and I know that through our church, you know, we're able to to partner with you all um, financially, but anyone that's listening today that's not a part of Sand Hills, how can they best support you and your family? Hmm. Well, um, yeah, like you said, to pray for sure and to remember us, remember missionaries that you know. Um, it means a lot every once in a while. I mean, we'll receive cards from the church ladies who, uh, wrote down our birthdays and sometimes we'll send birthday cards and you know just those are over the top little signs of care um the the whole act of remembering even though someone's you know you get busy you have your routine and you have community in front of you and it's it's really easy to get out of touch with people who you don't see all the time um so the act of showing that you remember and to remind, I'm praying for you, that kind of encouragement, it goes a long way. Um, we right now, we have not maintained our blog for a while, but we do send an email out every one to two months. Um, that just gives an update, some pictures, um, what's going on here in um, our ministry and in our family, um, and also give some ways we can pray. And um, the best, if you're interested in being part and getting our updates, um, the best way to get that is by emailing me. Um, and our email is danny.alex.taveras at gmail.com. And um, we just, yeah, so I'd say pray, remember, <laughs> and then participate. Um, and by participate, I mean find a way um, whether it is praying, whether it is a moment of encouragement on Facebook, whether it is um, financial support, or if it's coming and visiting or organizing some way to be involved in the ministry. That's, I know not everybody can do all those things, um, but those are big blessings. Um, we just received word that in October we're going to have visitors. Um which is a huge deal um, because in two years we've had one visitor and that was big, um, but it's amazing and, and for people who want to get involved and, you know, Hey, we have this resource. Could this be useful to your campus? Um, we, or I'm a retired person and I'd love to come and help for a week. We're going to be on that side of the planet. And, you know, <laughs> there's people who have done that and, and that's just, those are creative and fun ways. Um, but any involvement, uh, 
goes a long way, really. It does. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it has certainly been a pleasure chatting with you, especially because I know it is super, super late on your part of the globe. Um, so I have one final question that I ask every single guest. And that question is, how do you keep God at the center of your life with everything that you've got going on? Um, you know, like you said, it's easy to, to get busy. Um, but how do you, how are you able to really keep God at the center of your life every day? Um, I'd say that being intentional about carving out time, um, and finding where it works in your season of life, when and where that works for you. Um, but to be consistent about it, um, and then to give yourself grace when things don't work out as planned. But for me, I pray as I go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of love this, like the Thessalonians or pray continually. And I, I do. There's things that come up and I have a habit of just talking to God about it. Um, trying to keep in the front of my mind, I am in relationship with him and he is not surprised by anything and to be in prayer. Um, And then reading the Bible, I have enjoyed, see, I'm a book person more than an online person, but I have really enjoyed an online Bible reading program this year that some friends from Sandhills invited me to join them with. Um, And the Bible app I have on my phone is the Version Bible app, mm-hmm. and I've been reading a plan called Chronological. And along with that, there's a podcast called The Bible Recap by D. Groot, and it's hosted by Tara Lee Cobble. And, and what I really like about this is you're reading a couple chapters of the Bible a day on the Bible app, and then on the podcast, it's like eight minutes long, and it recaps the scripture that you just talked about. And... Um, And the cool thing on the Bible app is at the end of the Bible verses that you read, there's a little comment section. So if you're doing it by yourself, you can kind of almost like a journal. What did God show me in the scripture today? Or if you're doing it with a group of people, it's like a small chat area. And so that kind of added a level of accountability for me. So um, I like to read that Bible every night. I do it at night when my kids are asleep so Mm -hmm. that I'm not as distracted. Mm -hmm. Um, I listen to the recap because I need repetitions. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. need to hear, like, and process things. And then um, be a part of uh, God's community. Um, so be invested in a local church. And then go deeper with a few people, whether that's a small group or friends or a Bible study or, you know, some people you can trust. Be be intentional about being um, honest, going deeper, and having some people that you can talk to and trust um, and sharpen one another. Awesome. Awesome. You've uh, definitely got a lot of resources that you use, um, and I'll share all of this in the show notes. So if anyone's listening on the go um, on this particular time, you can access the show notes and um, see what resources you can add to your daily life as well. Um, so again, Danny, I just thank you so, so much. This has been very enlightening and, and eye-opening to me, um, just to know a, a smidge more about um, missionary life and, and what that can look like, especially for those of us with a family, especially multiple kids, <laughs> and just how all this 
can really yeah. work. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for listening to this week's chat. I pray it's been a blessing to you wherever you are in this part of your journey in your faith walk. Let's close out in prayer. God, we thank you for the example that we have in Jesus Christ of the perfect missionary. He came to earth to live among us and to share the good news. He met us where we were, prays for us, and he still loves us unconditionally. Help us to do the same, God, to those in our own community and abroad. If there's someone listening, Lord, who you've called to be a light and serve abroad, I pray you give them your peace that surpasses all understanding. Lead and guide their footsteps and give them the courage, the faith, and the strength needed to serve your people. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been driving along, you can find today's show notes over at www.keepingitcentered.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for The Centered Notes, our bi-weekly devotional newsletter. And follow us over at Instagram at Keeping It Centered.